0: Imagine a squid. A long, strange creature swims into your mind. It has a fluid-like oval head with a mass of arms stretching and waving in the water below it. Maybe you're imagining one of those Victorian illustrations of the giant squid wrapping itself around and wrecking ships and devouring sailors. Maybe in your mind's eye, some ink is being squirted as the squid slips away in the water. Perhaps you're thinking of calamari. You are a monster. Now imagine another squid, and this one is tiny and glowing. Now another, but this one is huge and it hunts in a pack. And another, and this one has elbows and long ghostly arms trailing in the water beneath it just imagine this entire pantheon of squid swimming under the ocean.
1: You have the colossal squid, you've got bobtail squid, you have reef squid, giant Australian cuttlefish, firefly squid. That's Dr.
0: Sarah McAnulty. She's a squid biologist and a science educator.
1: I have a Caribbean reef squid tattooed on my leg. I love them very much. They're beautiful. And perhaps
0: it's going too far to call her a worshiper of the squid pantheon. But I can say she is at least a very, very serious squid enthusiast and researcher.
1: I feel like I have been put on this earth to elevate the squid, because squid are so cool.
0: Besides that, Sarah is also an online course instructor and trip leader for us at Atlas Obscura. If you have ever wanted to swim with blueberry-sized bioluminescent bobtail squid under the moonlight of the coast of Hawaii... Well, Dr. Sarah McEnelty is the person you've been waiting for.
1: Bobtails are uh, just like the littlest golf ball, key lime dumpling of an animal.
0: I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous squid. Today, we join Sarah as she takes me on a journey through the depths of the ocean, meeting a different squid deity at each stop along the way. More squids after this.
1: When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica. How much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: If you're looking for a place along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Like me, Sarah was an early convert to cephalomania. She still remembers that first early glimpse of a squid?
1: I uh, went to the library a lot when I was a little kid with my mom in Ben Salem, uh, Pennsylvania. And there was a video that I would borrow from the library over and over and over again. It was this National Geographic video for kids called Really Wild Animals. And so about like halfway through the video... Um, uh, they introduced the cuttlefish as being this like like twilight zone creature and it was doing a behavior called passing cloud which uh, basically makes the animal look like it's doing a hypnotist's wheel maneuver it's totally wild totally alien looking and then after being introduced to cuttlefish it was like okay that's it like it's squid and cuttlefish from here on out
0: how does one go from being a kid who like sees a video of a cuttlefish and is like, this is the one of the craziest things I've ever seen. How do you go from that to doing this as a profession?
1: So I originally went to school uh, in Boston at Boston University um, for I I started as just a biology major because my parents told me that you can't have a job working with squid, that that was like not a thing um, because they had no idea. They didn't know they weren't scientists. They didn't know any scientists. They were like, I guess you'd work at the aquarium, uh, maybe sea world. So, you know, I went to school and then in my sophomore year, we had, um, an outside speaker come in and talk to the Marine science department all about cuttlefish camouflage. And this was research that was going on, um, at the MBL, which is the Marine Biological Laboratory in Woods Hole, Massachusetts. Um, And I was like, oh, my God, this person is a cuttlefish scientist. That is a job. And so I um, talked to her after and I was like, hey, so I would love to work with you. And she's like, well, you're still a little young at the moment, but, you know, maybe check back in a year. Uh, So I wrote arguably um, like the most off the chain, um, unacceptable uh, cover letter to that (laughs) lab that summer saying like, listen, you you could not hire me this year, but you're just going to hear from me next year. And if you don't hire me next year, you're just going to hear from me the year after that. So you might as well just get ahead of yourself and hire me now. And that worked. So I started then and I've been working with cephalopods, mostly cuttlefish and squid ever since.
0: To Sarah, nearly the whole world is really the domain of the squid. And not only are there squids everywhere salty, but also at every depth of everywhere salty. Let's maybe start at kind of a a simple place. Let's imagine that I am standing on this tropical beach. My toes are dug into the sand and I look down at the, the surf splashing around my feet. Would I see squid in this uh, situation?
1: You might. Let's assume um, that you love being in the ocean at night, like I do. And if you are in a tropical place uh, and you've got, you're got in ankle-depth water, it's possible that you might encounter a bobtail. Mm. These animals have big, big black eyes. that are so cute. They're one of the cutest cephalopods out there. They're small. Um, <laughs> and so... You might see one of them floating around. These animals have uh, a bioluminescent, so a glowing uh, species of bacteria that they keep in a pouch on their underside. And they're able to control how much of the bacterial produced light gets out And like shines out of their belly. And so if it's a cloudy night, maybe it's a new moon, uh, something like that. They use a combination of their ink sac and some other structures in there to cover the light up, not let a lot out. If it's a full moon, clear sky, they'll let a lot of the light out. So they're able to detect how much light's around and then match that light um, with their bacteria.
0: God, squids are just the coolest. Okay, let's keep going. Let's go deeper.
1: Let's go to like 200 meters, and we're going to go to Japan. Uh, we're going to go to Toyama Bay. That's where the firefly squid live. So they live most of their life um, like 200 to 400 meters below sea level. They look like a living version of the Starry Night painting. They're covered in these little dots called photophores. Photophores are the organ that produces the light. Most of them are blue lights. A couple of them are green lights. They are just like polka dotted with teeny tiny little lights. And then at the ends of two of their arms, they've got like big flashlights. They're maybe the size of your thumb. They're not huge, but they're gorgeous. And then in the spring, they come to the surface of the water in Toyama Bay to mate. There will be people fishing for these squid because after they mate, they quickly thereafter die. And so people will eat the the squid right before they die because they're going to die anyway. So you, you might as well eat them. Um, so it's like a big seasonal food over uh, in Toyama Bay in Japan.
0: These days, there has been a lot of talk in the news about aliens and uaps and alien visits to the planet and that is cool that is whatever who that's so i mean i don't know what i think but sometimes i don't think we give enough time to thinking about the aliens who are already here i sometimes i like picture in my head they're like this meeting where like all the animals are like going around and they're like listing the like evolutionary traits everyone's like yeah yeah okay like you got you, your terrestrial. You got your four legs, like good, fine. And then like the squids come in like late. They like miss the whole first half of the meeting, and they're like, "Oh, I got uh, so I've got like I got eight, le- I got eight legs. I got two tentacles. I squirt ink. I, I glow. I talk with my bot." It's just like, what did you? You were in a totally different like. Where did like everything? All the evolutionary convergences just feel like man you guys were in like a really different meeting before.
1: (laughs) Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just like, uh, they truly took the, the road less traveled by, uh, in a big way. Uh, you know, we teach kids like head, uh, shoulders, knees and toes for them. It's like legs, eyeballs, butt, torso. Like it doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. Squid.
0: Squid. Indeed. And the deeper you go, the stranger and more alien things get. This is where squids really start to push the boundaries of their fundamental squidness. What is at the really deep depths of the squid kind of range?
1: Our charismatic, like, uh, flashy squid, our giant squid, they're still getting eaten by whales. So they need to live shallow enough that a whale can get down there. Now, sperm whales, which is one of the primary predators of the giant squid, they dive 1,000 and 2,000 feet, which is about where the giant squid is hanging out. Giant squid are... So cool for lots of reasons, of course, because they're big, but that's not the only reason that they're cool. They have the biggest eye in the animal kingdom, and the reason that they they have such a big eye is uh, because they are looking for disturbed bioluminescent animals that are getting disturbed by diving sperm whales. So as the sperm whale dives, if you have a very sensitive eye, you can see the bioluminescent trail um, of where the sperm whale's coming. So if you can see it, you can get out of there. So having these ginormous eyes are really all about protecting yourself from a diving sperm whale.
0: We're getting close to the bottom of the range, right? But like there are some deep water squids that start to like even stretch what it means to be a squid.
1: Yeah, they get super weird. There's one squid called Grimaldi toothus not terribly huge, but they're kind of like jelloid looking. They are so weird. Again, this is another one of the like, uh, you didn't get the memo on how to be an animal kind of situations. So they have, you know, you've got eight arms, two tentacles. At the end of one of their tentacles, instead of having like your standard grab food uh, machinery, they have like a, a lure that looks like a smaller squid. And they puppet that little fake squid around so that they attract animals that might want to eat a squid that's about the size of their hand, if you will, like their tentacle club, and then attack that animal. So they're like doing a creepy puppet show deep in the ocean.
0: And the squid swimming at this deepest level, at least that we are aware of, this squid might be one of the strangest of them all, which of course means it is one of Sarah's absolute favorites.
1: The deepest squid get is about 3.8 miles below the surface. And that's m- one of my two favorite squid, uh, Magna Magnapinna Magna are ghostly, creepy, delightful. My favorite. They just look like a nightmare. Um, they're the best. <laughs> they uh, are like translucent, white. They have really big fins that they undulate very slowly because where they live is not a super rough environment. And then what is really iconic about them is that they dangle their arms like they they look like they have elbows because they're dangling their arms at these like creepy angles because they want to maximize the area of the ocean um, so that they can bump into more potential food. But in the process, they just look like gangly creeps. And I really, really like them.
0: The diversity of kind of um, body type and uh, communication systems. And it's just, I mean, I can certainly see how you could spend a life studying and only have really more questions about what is going on with this entire branch of life.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we like just scratched the surface here today. There's so many more squid uh, that I can tell you about.
0: Yeah, for you for you personally, I mean, this is you've made this your life's work. You you really have uh, devoted yourself to this this kind of uh, biology. What keeps you coming back? What keeps you excited?
1: I really like sharing uh, squid with other people. It's one of the things that brings me just the most joy. There's so much to know about squid, and they're so unique. And the the squid that get, um, I think, a lot of press, a lot of playtime, are not always, like, the weirdest and the most shocking and the coolest. And so getting to share what we learn about these animals uh, with lots of different people um, is really just rewarding and fun for me.
0: We continue to do lots of work with Sarah, and I'm thrilled to say that she's teaching a course this fall all about the various creatures that live in the very deep sea. It is amazing. They are so weird and wonderful. It starts October 3rd, 2023. And if you want to sign up, we put a link in the show notes and you can use the promo code CEPHALOPODCAST, C-E-P-H-A-L-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T and you will get 15% off. If you are now completely and totally hooked on squids, keep an eye out on our course's homepage for her series, Life Lessons from Cephalopods, which runs a couple of times a year and is fantastic. This episode was produced by
1: Gabby Gladney.
0: Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes... Doug Baldinger. Chris Naka.
1: Camille Stanley. Manolo Morales.
0: Baudelaire. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time.